I am bringing back the topic of intermittent fasting, but this time in the context of inflammation and intestinal health. Could it be of benefit? Tune in to find out only here on the People Scientist Podcast. listening to The People Scientist, the podcast dedicated to helping us optimize our health with the latest scientific findings on neuroscience, physiology, and nutrition. I, your host, Dr. Stephanie Caligiuri, a nutritionist, physiologist, and neuroscientist, will be here with you every single week, bringing us information to ignite our thinking, to help us be one step closer to the healthiest we can be. Hello, my People Scientist Army, and welcome back to the People Scientist Podcast for episode 95, where every week I arm us with some scientific information so that we can all lead the healthy lives we want to live. How are you feeling today? I hope that you are doing well, and if you are having a tough day, I hope that today's episode will offer you some positive and insightful information and brighten up your day just a little bit. And before I jump into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to Miriam and Jessamine for buying me a coffee to say thank you for the podcast episode. That means so much to me. I appreciate all of you tuning in with these gestures, your messages, your questions, because they do brighten up my day. So thank you so much for that. So what are we going to talk about today? I was asked to cover the topic of fasting for intestinal health, or our gut health. Now, the topic of intermittent fasting, or time-restricted eating, is pretty popular. I covered this topic back in episode 28, so if this topic interests you, consider going back and giving episode 28 a listen. There is actually a significant amount of high-quality clinical data to support intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating for metabolic health. Today, I'm going to share some recent clinical evidence on how fasting may influence our intestinal health and levels of inflammation. So as we always do, let's start off with some core takeaways. It is thought that every time we eat or drink something, Our immune system in our gut, in our intestines, the defense system, gets activated in order to find out if what we just ate was safe. So if we eat or drink very frequently, this defense system may get recruited more. Because our immune system can work via inflammation, this defense process in our gut gets activated every time we eat, which may increase inflammation particularly in susceptible individuals who already battle with inflammation, like in individuals with rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, type 1 diabetes, celiac disease, inflammatory bowel disease, etc. So can fasting be of benefit for inflammation and intestinal health? Well, many observational studies indicate that if we fast for a period of time, or if we follow time-restricted eating, meaning if we eat our day's calories in a shorter time frame every day, that this may reduce markers of inflammation, symptoms of inflammation, 
and in animal studies may reduce measures of intestinal inflammation and may reduce intestinal disease severity. Fasting may allow time for the intestines to heal rather than having to have the defense system be engaged several times throughout the day. Now, let's get into those details. Let's start out by defining intermittent fasting and time-restricted eating. So time-restricted eating is the easiest version of fasting. It means that we still eat every day, but we just consume all of our calories in a shorter time frame window than normal. A lot of clinical trials have looked at eating within a 6-8 to eight hour window every day. So for example, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Then in the fasting time, we can have water, green tea, or black coffee, for example, for the rest of the day. Intermittent fasting is the next step up, generally a fasting period between 24 hours to 5 days. There are many different protocols for intermittent fasting. The most studied in clinical trials is alternate day fasting, meaning that every second day, people would not consume food. Only water, black coffee, green tea, or unsweetened carbonated water on the fasting days. Then they would eat on the alternate days. In some other alternate day fasting protocols, the participants are allowed to have a small snack on the fasting day, like 300 calories worth. So there are definitely variations to the intermittent fasting protocols. Many people do it in different ways. Now, this way of eating may not be for everyone. In episode 28, I speak how this may not be appropriate for the elderly, for those at risk for disordered eating, for those at risk for binge eating episodes. If you want to try fasting and are new to it, it is suggested to start with time-restricted eating, meaning eating all of your calories in a shorter time frame every day, like within a 6-8 to hour window. But of course, always seek the advice of your physician before starting any new routine. So how did fasting or time-restricted eating become of interest? Well, scientists such as Benjamin Holm have published in the American the Journal of American Cardiology, that those who practice regular fasting of at least 24 hours, even just once a month, tended to have a lower risk for diabetes and heart disease versus non-fasters. Maranac in 2016 reported that regular overnight fasting of 13 or more hours was associated with a lower risk of breast cancer recurrence versus women who regularly fasted overnight for less than 13 hours. Also reviewed by Matson in 2018 and Fond in 2013, they provide evidence that regular fasting may also hold benefit for dementia and depression. And today I will talk about the benefits for intestinal health and inflammation. Now, how might fasting have these beneficial effects? Well, it could be via many mechanisms but I do think that inflammation is certainly the main one to look at. So there is a hypothesis that every time we eat or drink something, our immune system gets activated in order to determine if what we ate was safe. This concept was reviewed in the British Journal of Nutrition in 2015 with Calder as the senior author. So imagine the first thing we eat in the morning, our little defense system in our body, in our gut, gets recruited. The troops are recruited. And they are surveying what we ate to determine if what we ate was safe, meaning did it contain any harmful bacteria, viruses, or toxic compounds? If so, the immune system will attack the compounds, or in some severe cases, we would get sick. 
So imagine then every time the defense system comes online. And if we eat frequently, it is possible that our immune system will get activated a lot more. This may be particularly important in people that already have high levels of inflammation, such as those living with autoimmune conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, type 1 diabetes, etc. So can fasting be of benefit here then? Well, for example, Johnson in 2007 reported in a small pilot study of nine people that alternate day fasting in individuals living with asthma significantly improved many markers of inflammation, induced weight loss, and reduced their asthma-related symptoms, and their peak expiratory flow and assessment of their lung function improved. Now, in this study on their fasting day, in this alternate day fasting protocol, the participants were allowed to eat a small amount of food that was less than 20% of their calorie needs. So if their requirement was 2,000 calories a day, they were allowed 400 calories on their fasting day. And it would be suggested to eat fat for these calories, as fat will keep us in a fasting mode, whereas protein and carbohydrates will take us out of fasting and put us into building mode. Right? When people are trying to put on muscle or to gain weight, it's often recommended to have a good ratio of carbohydrates to protein, usually three to one ratio, because that puts us in the building mode. But if we have just fat, like for example, nuts is a good source of fat or avocado, that most likely will keep us still in the fasting mode because there isn't significant protein or net carbs in that. How about another study to show fasting may benefit inflammation? In 2009, Muller reviewed a number of clinical trials that illustrated that fasting, followed by a plant-based diet, was very beneficial in reducing inflammation and symptoms for patients living with the inflammatory condition rheumatoid arthritis. Tavacoli in 2008 investigated the impact of Ramadan fasting in patients with inflammatory bowel disease, such as Crohn's and colitis. Now, Ramadan fasting is a religious practice where individuals fast during the day, during the daylight hours for four weeks. The scientists noted that after Ramadan, the men with colitis had an improvement in their colitis symptom score from 3.5 to 1.7. The women improved as well, but not as significantly. Their score for their colitis symptoms improved from 2.5 to 2. So just fasting during the daylight hours seemed to be of significant benefit to their intestinal health. How about another study? Individuals living with chronic inflammatory conditions may have high levels of molecules called monocytes. So the investigators in the paper published by Jordan and colleagues in the journal Cell last year asked the question, can fasting reduce some markers of the immune system and inflammation in healthy individuals? So the investigators asked a group of 12 healthy, normal-weight men and women to provide blood samples three hours after eating, as well as after a short fast of 19 hours. The scientists noted that in the participants' blood, just a 19-hour fast reduced molecules that stimulate the immune system, indicating a beneficial effect. Specifically, the scientists saw a reduction in circulating monocytes, including both CD14-positive and CD16-positive cells. Interestingly, in individuals with low baseline monocyte numbers, fasting did not decrease monocyte numbers below the physiologic healthy normal range. So all of these clinical studies support the concept that eating our calories in a shorter time window 
or having a short period of fasting may be of benefit to markers of inflammation and symptoms of inflammatory conditions. Walter Longo is a proponent in the research on intermittent fasting. I think the strongest study was that was what his team published in the journal Cell Reports two years ago. They showed in mice that short periods of fasting promoted gut health. Specifically, it reduced inflammation, promoted regeneration of the damaged cells in the intestines, and beneficially influenced the gut microbiome, in other words, the bacteria in the intestines. The scientists went on to see if this could be replicated in humans, and indeed they noted that periods of fasting reduced different measures of inflammation in the body. So that is fairly impressive. But let's get into the details of this paper. The mice underwent two types of fasting, either two days of just water and no food, and they had access to their regular chow unlimited on the other days. Or the mice underwent a bit of a slower fasting protocol where they were allowed to eat 50% their usual calories on day one, then only 10% of their required calories on days two to four. Then they were allowed to eat as much regular food as usual to regain their body weight. Now the mice underwent either one of these fasting protocols three times. Now the scientists induced inflammatory bowel disease in the mice by putting a particular compound called DSS in their drinking water. The scientists wanted to understand if adding fasting to their routine could reduce any signs of inflammatory bowel disease. And the results indicate that indeed it did. But what was intriguing was the slower fasting protocol of fasting was superior to the two days of water fasting. So the extended four days of calorie restriction with 10 to 50% of the required calories was more beneficial in regard to the intestinal morphology, intestinal inflammatory and immune, and increased markers of the cells regenerating. The scientists speculated that one of the reasons fasting may have induced some benefit against colitis or inflammatory bowel disease in the mice is because it benefited their gut microbiome. Specifically, they noted that fasting promoted the expansion of the lactobacilli and the bifidobacteria. This was supported by the fact that when they took the gut microbiome from these mice on a fasting routine and transplanted it into mice with inflammatory bowel disease, benefits to intestinal health were noted. That's a pretty cool finding. Now how about the clinical trial in this paper? 100 participants were recruited and they were generally healthy adult volunteers that happened to have higher inflammation levels as indicated by high blood levels of a protein called C-reactive protein, or CRP. The participants were asked to eat normally as the control group or to fast for five consecutive days per month for three months in a row. Now the fasting was not a water or total fast. They were allowed to have a small amount of calories with no sugar and low protein but high in unsaturated fats. For example, some nuts like almonds or walnuts would fulfill this criteria. This is important again as carbohydrates and protein will put our body into building mode and take us out of fasting mode. So if you have a snack during your fasting period, try your best to have it being mostly fat. Well, what do you think happened at the end of the three months? In these participants, their white blood cell count and lymphocytes, which were elevated at baseline, were now much lower after the three months of fasting indicating an anti-inflammatory effect. Another more recent study published in Redox Biology last year supports these findings. 
In this study, again, the mice developed signs of an inflammatory bowel disease like ulcerative colitis. The mice were either provided free access to food 24-7 or followed different protocols of fasting. For example, alternate day fasting where they fasted every second day or time-restricted eating where they ate every day but in an eight-hour window. Or the mice ate every day at whatever time but had a reduction in calories. What do you think were the results? Indeed, the animals that had time-restricted eating seemed to benefit the best. Their survival rate was highest, and the markers of inflammation and injury to the intestines was lowest. Again, as with the previous study, these scientists here found that time-restricted eating, reduction of calories, or alternate-day fasting all reshaped the gut microbiome. Fasting also enhanced production of short-chain fatty acids in the intestines, which provides an energy source to keep intestinal cells healthy. These were the proposed mechanisms as to how fasting improved intestinal health and made it protective against inflammatory bowel disease. Our gut microbiome, which includes the bacteria that live in our intestines, can play a major role in our intestinal health, our overall health, and even our mental well-being. And I went into the details of our intestinal health influencing our mental health back in episode 90, just five weeks ago. And in this study, they noted an improvement to measures of anxiety and depression in the mice on the fasting routines as well. I think what we eat, our intestinal health, our gut microbiome, our brain health, and our mental well-being are all very much connected. And fasting in some people might be of benefit to this connected system. So that is a wrap, my people, scientist army. Intermittent fasting and time-restricted eating has been a popular topic in the nutrition community for the last few years. I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 28 if you haven't yet, where I give a larger overview of fasting and its potential impact on our health. Intermittent fasting can follow many different protocols, such as alternate day fasting, where every second day people may have only water, black coffee, green tea, or carbonated non-sweetened water. Or some alternate day fasting protocols also allow a small amount of calories, primarily coming from fat, such as nuts, are consumed. The easiest of the protocols is time-restricted eating, where we can eat every day, but just in a shorter time frame, such as in a 6-8 to hour window every day. Many studies show that periods of fasting may lower measures of inflammation, may also reduce symptoms of inflammation in autoimmune diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis, asthma, diabetes, and inflammatory bowel disease. Animal studies have also gone more into depth and have shown that fasting protocols may help protect the intestines and offer regeneration of intestinal cells in models of inflammatory bowel disease. And one of the proposed mechanisms is that it may promote or benefit the gut microbiome. Now remember, fasting is not for everyone. Always ask the advice of your physician or dietitian. If you are new to fasting, perhaps try a time-restricted eating schedule first to see how you feel, which is to eat every day, but just in a shorter time window than usual. So if you are battling with a chronic inflammatory condition, or want to lower inflammation levels, especially as we age, perhaps bring up the concept of intermittent fasting to your physician and see what they say. So that is it for me today, my People Scientist Army. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I look forward to meeting you all back here the same time and same place next week 
on the People Scientist podcast. Bye for now. I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. Some of the clinical interventions I discuss are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates. Thank you.